Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Thursday, and that means the three amigos. How you guys doing? How you doing, Matt? Pumped. Super excited to be here. Ready for topic number three. Sorry, I stole your line, Dion. <laughs> and Dion, how are you? Howdy. I'm doing great. I'm ready to get off the topic of Matt showers. <laughs> oh, yes. You yes. guys are missing it. When that camera's when that camera's off or we're not recording, it's yeah. still a lot of fun over here. Yeah, let's just say it's it's a once once a month thing, whether he likes it or not. Whether I need to or not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Two story. Two story. So, guys, what I want to talk about here is again, I want to keep doing real deals. Uh, I want to talk to you, Dion, specifically about your fourplex that you brought to my channel, the opportunity, I don't know, six weeks ago. I want to talk about a phone call you and I had after Matt and I talked about the 50-40-10, talk about what you did after that, kind of catch everybody up. And then I want to talk about the broader question of how do we go and have conversations with sellers. So Dion, do us a favor, remind us of the fourplex and step one that you you did. It was list, remind us of the numbers. Okay. So I'm looking for a fourplex that costs at least a million dollars. I have an auto search set up for, for three different auto searches set up, but that's one of them. My goal is to put my money where my mouth is. I've constantly said, I wish my properties cost more as long as the yield scaled with that purchase. So I'm looking for one that costs at least that much. Before that, I think my most expensive property was 590,000. So this is a big jump for me. And that was yeah. a fourplex that, that now is like worth 1.6. So <laughs> anyways, uh, so I'm looking for that fourplex. One came listed at 1.3. I run the numbers. Doesn't make sense. Now, when you say run the numbers, that's essentially what I talk about in my course. Get the Basically, the yield is what you're looking at, right? Yep. Right. The average yield in my area is was 7 to 8%. So I was looking for 10s. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's constricted a little. So I'm still watching. I haven't lowered it yet, but I might lower it to 9. Okay. Um, but this one was a 1 yeah. or, a, or a break even at 1.3. Yeah. But at 1.1... I got my 10. There you go. That was my yield. So I make the, well, I, I waited a weekend because in November and December, that property at the price, at price right with low interest rates would have been oh. gone in hours. Yep. But rates had gone up. So I waited the weekend. Monday, I make the offer. They come back and say, say, we have a bunch of offers. Now we need your best and final. I submit 1.1. Yep. It doesn't sell. Still hasn't sold. Um, so I'm waiting and I check in every week. It, it's not selling. So they're not a motivated seller. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the person who does exactly this, doesn't sell, and is, is motivated to eventually take our offer. Mm -hmm. You had the call with um, Matt, mm -hmm. the no, mortgage Steve, guy. Stephen Dow. Or was it Stephen? It was Stephen Dow, right? That's right. Somebody reminded me of that the other day too. So you called me mm -hmm. and said, hey, I have an idea. Let me pitch this to you. 50% loan from the lender, which is 50% LTV or less, which gets you the best interest rate, 40% mm -hmm. uh, seller finance carry, and then 10% from me. So 50, 40, 10. Correct. And I'm glad you asked to bring this up as a video today, because I want to point out a huge mistake that so many people do. And I hear this constantly to where I just want to reach in and pull a little part of their brain out that does this and, and fix them. You know how seller financing works, the investor. We are often pitching it to a seller who's never heard of it, has had agents say it's illegal because they think they're not going to get their commission. So when people say things like, I don't know about seller financing because you got that balloon payment in five or 10 years. Well, why did you speak that into existence? That you could do 30 year, zero interest with a seller if it's what makes sense to them. Yeah, it doesn't I have, matter. I have one of those. I do. Right. So they exist, right? Mm -hmm. So when you pitch the idea of seller financing to the seller, 
to steal from the lumberjack landlord, what matters to the seller? Find that out if you can, whenever possible, to see that your down payment will cover it to where they're not writing a check to lose an asset. So they're not going to have to cover agent fees and they're not going to cover closing costs or whatever that is or whatever remaining amount they have on their mortgage if they have any left. Mm -hmm. So you need to ask those questions. So I've resubmitted the offer, waiting for information. Um, they haven't accepted it yet. I did the 50, 40, 10. Um, but I have also asked the questions, you know, do you have a remaining mortgage? Mm -hmm. uh, how much down payment would make sense to you? So the 10 might make sense to me now, but maybe they do want 15. Maybe. And yeah. maybe the interest so, rate doesn't matter. But, but the, one thing that you didn't say that I want to make really, really clear, the numbers in your original model, which was 75% LTV, 25% down, you had to write it at 1-1. What I told you to do was give the seller their list price or even go slightly over. Because again, you can overpay when you have better terms. Your blended rate, because I think I told you to do it at 1% or at least put it in your model. Your payment, you could, you could bring less to the table, pay more, and have higher cash flow. How do you like me now? Right. And that's, so I've got the offer in that, that you're right. The, the offer of 50, 40, 10 was at 1.3, their asking price. Yeah. So now, now, hey, seller, do you want to be cashed out? I can make it work at 1.1. One, one. Or if you're, because I've had, so I have overpaid for houses before. I have. That for whatever reason, this guy wanted 150 for a 100 house or one. I think he wanted 125 for a 100, like months dealing with this. I finally told him I'll give him 125, but this is it. He said, great, let's do it. I got 125. He wanted to tell all his buddies he sold his house for 125. He wasn't going to tell his buddies that he got zero down and 0% interest. He just wanted to say he sold for 125. Okay. I'll buy that, you know, for 30 years, fully amortized. Every dollar is principal. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, it, so I want to take the average investor through this first. So first and foremost, right, plucking out that little brain or the little portion of the brain. Um, a lot of you will be doing this through agents because a lot of you are doing it on the MLS. I would coach your agents to ask early, especially if the listing goes long. Is the seller open to this? How much do, do they have a mortgage? If so, how much? Because you can collect data up front. This will not work. 50, 40, 10 does not work if the seller has 10% equity. It doesn't work. Don't even bother. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, try. And, this, and the sophisticated investors, we will do what Dion did in two steps. I would actually, like, let's say the owner comes back to me and says, sellers own this fourplex free and clear. Let's just pretend. That's oh, what they told us. To be awesome. I would go back to them and, and tell my agents, I want you to write two offers. I want you to tell the seller that I don't care which one they take. I am here for cash flow. And given the yields that I expect, I can make both of these work. But he, don't, don't merge these. It has to be this way. All cash, which would be not all cash, but no seller carry or some seller carry. I would have both offers written day one if I knew that ahead of time that it was free and clear. What do you think of that? What do you think, Matt? What do you think of all this? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's one of those things I think is going to become a very big market. You know, I think that the people, and not only that, but I think the people that want to get out of the market, they're likely the ones that have equity. Exactly. This is where we are going. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Any, of my, any of the stuff that I look at, I don't look to buy anything that's been owned for five years. Exactly. 
I want to, I want to talk to the guy who's owned it for at least 10 because that goes back to 2012. He's likely doubled his money or so more. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. He's likely doubled his money, maybe tripled. And so there's plenty of equity sitting there. He looks at it and goes, I don't have to be a landlord anymore, but I still get a monthly check. That sounds really, really nice. And I get to lower my taxes because I hate the IRS. Absolutely. I don't have to pay taxes on this. This seems like a wonderful idea. It is well, a wonderful idea. Let's be clear. You still pay taxes, but it is a, um, uh, what do they call it? It'll come to me in a minute. Installment loan. So you only pay on the payment, not the purchase price. Anyways, I just didn't want to say like you're avoiding taxes. You are paying taxes. It's just spread out the duration of the loan. Um, but yeah, this, this is, um, this is something all my students should be doing again. Uh, I think the key is how to find these. So you guys know I had PropStream on like a year ago. Yep. Uh, haven't been back. I'm inviting them back. I'm actually bringing my guy who does it for me on tomorrow at 10:15, because you you've got to you've got to be able to fish where the sellers can say yes. Going to sellers that have 10% equity is stupid. Don't waste your time. So PropStream, given their data lake, pulling all the data together, gives you the ability to go. Hey, I want sellers with 50% or more in my buy box. Send them a postcard right from the app. Uh, so I'm bringing my guy on tomorrow. Then I'll, I'll get prop stream back next week or the week after. So um, that's that seller finance deal that I did that blew up. Mm -hmm. They wholesaled the house. Oh, of course they did. They wholesaled it. And you know what ended up happening? That wholesaler ended up making like 60,000 bucks on that house in 30 days. Wow. And I'm like, she's like, I really wish we'd done your deal. I go, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, we don't ever need to talk again because you don't own any more houses. Bye. Yeah. Bye. We're done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Dan, when you think of all this, you've now tried it, right? Um, I guess what I want to talk, did it make sense when I called you or did you have to put money? Did you have to put pen to paper or kind of play with the numbers? No, it made sense with a really simple explanation. And really what it was, was an eye opener where when I submit offers now for the last six months, I submit an offer that says, here's what it would look like with a conventional loan. And here's what seller financing would be. And, my, and I actually have a seller financing email that I submit with it nice. where it says, and I don't say to avoid capital gains completely. I say to avoid a large capital gains hit at point of sale. Correct. And then I would prefer to pay interest to you instead of the bank. Yep. And if you'd like to consistently get payments, but I never thought of that doesn't solve the problem if they have like $100,000 of a mortgage on a, on a million dollar place left. It doesn't even fix that. No. But offering 50, 40, 10, covers a pretty decent sized mortgage to where they can still walk away without a big capital gains hit, still get consistent income, yeah. get the price that they're looking for because the blended rate is better. Yeah. So yeah, it totally made sense. It was very simple to understand. That's awesome. And again, folks, what I, what I want my investors, students, followers to think about is, again, as we talked about in episode two, the housing market is broken. The housing market ran into a brick wall. But what does that mean to us? It doesn't mean transactions won't go to zero. We're still going to do over 4 million transactions this year. Lots of those will be from sellers that have to sell, checked out, cash out, FOMO selling, whatever. As investors, only write great offers. The other thing I will say, recessions, bear markets. A lot of you are just thinking price, 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 crash, crash, crash. Drives me nuts. Think terms, terms. I don't care about, I really don't care about price if I get my terms. So Matt, where can people find you? Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and 1130 AM Eastern time on Sundays, my live stream, three hours of glorious real estate fun. There you go. And Dion? 
Dion Talk Financial Freedom right here on YouTube. My live streams are Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. And let me know in the comments below, is three hours good or do people like to go to bed earlier and should I cut it down to an hour? They're going to want three hours. Who doesn't want Dion after dark? I just shut it off when I'm done. <laughs> just let it run in the background so he thinks you're there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, yeah. Mike.